Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Our theme for this, our week five of our stewardship series, is generosity as a spiritual discipline. I think there's a slide. Here we go. Generosity is a spiritual discipline. Although I think sometimes the word discipline can sound a little intimidating. At seminary, we just call them spiritual practices. It's a little less scary, and it helps frame the rituals we do you need to practice. We have a whole mandatory class every semester on spiritual practices at the Wartburg Seminary. All students are required to take a class where they can discuss, discover, and spend time with their spiritual practices. Just as you need to practice an instrument or practice a sport, practice listening, or maybe practice being patient, Spiritual disciplines need to be practiced as well. And as students, we sometimes thought it sounded a little silly to have a class on spiritual practices in the same schedule as things like New Testament Greek or systematic theology or leading in context. But that shows you how important spiritual disciplines are. And there's a lot of spiritual disciplines you might be familiar with and simply never referred to them as a discipline. Things like regular worship attendance, that is a spiritual discipline. Praying before a meal or before bed. Daily or weekly devotions, all spiritual disciplines. When we shared our spiritual practices in my class, People would often mention things like meditation or guided breathing, journaling, or contemplative walks outside. Whatever it was, it needed intentional time and devotion. Many of us mentioned how it was hard to find that time, given our classes, our jobs, and our families. But we also always said, That once we dedicated the time to our spiritual practices, we always felt better afterwards. Whatever they are, spiritual disciplines and practices can help maintain your spiritual health and relationship to God. They can take some effort, sure, but they're always worth it in the end. During our stewardship series, we've discussed stewardship as an act of worship, stewardship as an act of faith. And now, it might not be a surprise that stewardship is a spiritual discipline. Stewardship is a spiritual practice, something that can be practiced and be given effort. And so we get to our scripture for today. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, 
where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This text comes within Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, a, sp a sprawling address where Jesus gives us many lessons and sayings we still use today. We get sayings like, you are the salt of the world, the earth, salt of the earth, an eye for an eye, visual images like being a city on a hill, and Jesus teaching us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer. Within the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus often speaks of the kingdom of heaven as well. The kingdom of heaven where sin has no power and God reigns forever in peace and love and joy. The kingdom of heaven where all people live in the security and comfort that they need, where people live in safety and in peace. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oftentimes this passage is approached as a sort of test. Where you put your treasure, then that's where your heart is. If you put a lot of money into your family, your treasure is your family. If you spend lots of time and put lots of treasure into a fancy computer, then your treasure is your computer. It seems pretty straightforward. But Mark Allen Powell in Giving to God says that this is backwards. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. To directly quote Powell, the point isn't that how we spend our money reveals what sort of people we are, but that how we spend our money determines what sort of people we become. And so it's less where you put your treasure that reveals the type of person that you are, but where you choose to put your treasure, that's where your heart will end up. I think of it kind of like putting a destination in your GPS and then driving there. Your destination is probably where you're going to end up. And I find this hopeful. You can give where you want your treasure to go, and your heart will catch up. To go back to my GPS metaphor, I think about when I moved here over a year ago, and I had to put every single place I was going into my GPS. I didn't know where anything was. But now, after lots of practice, I can go lots of places without my GPS. I know where the grocery stores are and the pet stores, and I can even make it to the zoo without the GPS. I practiced enough that these directions have become something that's easy for me. And that's how stewardship can work, too. Our hearts can catch up when we practice. Jesus knew that what we do with our treasures affects our hearts. 
Powell mentions how Jesus was not a fundraiser. But he spoke about money often because what we do with our money affects who we are. We have many stories of Jesus speaking to people about giving their possessions and money away because Jesus knows that what they do with their treasures determines where their heart will go and determines then who they will become. Stewardship stories in the Bible are often directly connected to the condition of someone's heart. Jesus cares about us and cares about our hearts. He cares about our growth and our spiritual health. Our scripture also mentions storing up treasures in heaven. And I'd be willing to bet, maybe like me, when you hear treasures in heaven, you think of heaven as a faraway place, possibly in the sky, something that we do not deal with until after our death. We're saving up our treasures as some sort of reward for when we get there or preparing for when we get to heaven. But this wasn't what Jesus was talking about. The kingdom of heaven is a thing we are waiting for, but it is also something that is here and now. We don't have to wait or die for God's presence and for God's gifts and to work with God in creating the kingdom of heaven on earth. When you listen to the way God is calling you to share your treasures, God transforms your gifts and you into something incredible. I think a perfect example of people being generous and committing their money, gifts, and time to bring about the kingdom of heaven just happened yesterday at the Empty Bowls fundraiser. People, young and old, use their talents to make pottery bowls and donate them. Local businesses contributed wonderful soups and breads and desserts. Volunteers from the Life Food Pantry helped the event run smoothly. And of course, all the people who did the behind-the-scenes work, the planning, the organizing, the setup, and the tear-down. So many treasures and talents and gifts came together on Saturday to benefit the Life Food Pantry. And it was wonderful. And for those of you that went, I don't know what soups you had, but I tried the Hungarian mushroom soup and thought it was pretty heavenly. The generosity and joy during the meal was tangible, but no single person could pull off an empty bowl fundraiser on their own. They needed the generosity of an entire community to make it work. Your generosity of your time, money, gifts, talents, and treasures is helping create the kingdom of heaven on earth. Through your gifts and treasures, we, as Prince of Peace, step forward together, listening to the call of God 
and working to help build a world restored with grace and peace. Amen. <laughs>